1: Reporting live from Jake's Sports and Spirits in the historic Rhino District of Denver, Colorado, it's the Pickaxe Podcast, presented by Denver Stiffs. Now, here is your host, Adam Manes. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Pickaxe Podcast, presented by Denver Stiffs. I am your host Adam Ades, and I'm joined today by Denver Stiffs writer Zach Mikash. Zach, what's going on?
0: Not much, man. Just got back from media day. Excited
1: about the season. Your first media day? That's right, first <laughs> one. I remember when I was was new to the media day just, scene. Just a go. What do you think, man? Like, just uh, just as an experience, not about the Nuggets or anything about that. But what did, was media day? Reading it and how it goes online, was that – did it – in real life, was it the way you pictured it?
0: I think it was more, more laid back probably than what I was expecting. You know, I I, th- I thought – because you get out there, right, and they got all the chairs set out. And so I thought – was like, are they going to let all 15, 20 <laughs> guys just come at once and it's like a free-for-all? Right. But, you know, I, the, with them staging it like that, it was, I think, it was, you know, a lot more laid back, a lot more – I thought, you know, actually got it at, you know – introduce yourself to guys instead of just just being like a total media reporter now
1: in years past they actually have this is my third media day now and in years past they have actually done that where there's like 10 guys out at once and you just have to run and and i think this is the first year where i've gotten to interview everybody i want to so kudos to the nuggets team i thought they did a really good job breaking it up the way that they did Um, we're actually recording this podcast at my home in Commerce City, Colorado. We are not at Jake's Sports and Spirits, although we just were at Jake's. We had lunch there because we planned on podcasting there, but I forgot the recorder. So we're actually at my house, but Jake's is our sponsor. Terrific bar and grill, 3800 Walnut Street in Rhino District of Denver, Colorado. Check it out. We have Stiff's Night Out coming up in like four weeks. Oh, my God. we got to make a a post for that online. Um, And that will be at Jake's as well. So if you've never been, come and check it out. Join some Nuggets fans. Uh, It'll be a really good time. I also want to quickly talk about our sponsor, WashClubDenver.com. They've been our sponsor now for a couple weeks. Terrific local company that offers on-demand pickup and delivery of your laundry. What they'll do is they'll place an order using WashClubDenver.com or the Wash Club app. They just enter how much laundry you have, when you need it by, they'll actually come to your house or business, pick it up, take it to their facilities, and wash it. They use uh, really high-tech, great great equipment that is energy-efficient and water-efficient. Then they will bring it right back to your doorstep so you can leave for work. It'll be back the very next day all ready for you. Incredible company. Check them out, washclubdenver.com. They're big fans of the show, the podcast, and the website, and so they've given us our own promo code, STIFFS, S-T-I-F-F-S. You use that promo code on the website or on the app, and you get 25% off. WashClubDenver.com. I kind of wish Wash Club would uh, come up
0: to my neck of the woods in <laughs>
1: <Use> them. <laughs> That's just outside of their range, just a bit. I forget sometimes that you live in, in, in cow country. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You, you never forget when the smell hits you. All right. <laughs> So, media day is always fun because it's like it's like midnight madness in college. It's the kickoff of the season, even though the games are still, you know, one week away for preseason, one month away for the re- regular season. It's kind of uh, it's like the first day of school. It's like orientation. You're starting. You see all the old reporters, all the old players, and you start to get excited. Excited. What a big picture takeaway from uh, from media day. What would be your overarching thing? You would take away. You know what I noticed um, in, in contrast. I guess the last year
0: is the the talk about culture change is really not nearly as uh, prevalent anymore. It seems like mm. they. I think they've probably feel like they've addressed that. Like uh, that's old news, right? Exactly. And gotcha. So now now the big picture. I think. Is, as we went through and talked to all these guys, is playoffs. I mean, I don't think I talked to one single guy who said that that wasn't his expectation.
1: Right. I think you're right. That's interesting. I didn't think of it, but the, now that you mention it, you're absolutely right. Last year, it was all about a culture change, new regime, new day was like the big phrase that they you know they kind of ran with. This year, um, definitely wasn't a wasn't something that they were trying to beat into us. It's almost like they didn't have to sell this team. Right. Uh, it was just the guys are here. Everybody kind of knows that they're kind of starting on a high note, or at least they ended last season on a high note. So um, so that's what I would take away. The other thing I would take away is just the youth. Um, you look at it on paper and, you know, oh, this is a young team. But then when you interview one after the other after the other, they're all 22. They're I mean, they're <laughs> so young. Um, so it's kind of neat seeing. I mean, I think that's a positive. I think it was cool seeing the the youth and the excitement. Guys like... Jamal Murray, Wancho, and Malik Beasley, I think, are pure excitement for the season.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And
1: There's a really, you know, in some cases there's no
0: other way for them to be the rookies, right? They should be really excited. But I think, you know, especially like Malik be- Beasley and the way he's embraced at Denver um, and, and the Nuggets organization from what you hear. He's been in the gym constantly right. work, working on his leg, making sure he's 100%. Um, yeah, it's, it's,
1: yeah, those guys are full of excitement. I, got, I was lucky enough to get to talk to Chuck Hayes about a week ago or so and mention Wancho Hernan Gomez to him, and immediately his eyes light up. He's new new guy on the staff uh, with the Nuggets, and Chuck Hayes, his eyes light up, and he goes, I love that dude. Kind of laughing to himself, I like that dude. I like him a lot. He's a guy that I'm really excited for Wancho. I might be more excited for Wancho than I am anybody else, any of the other three rookies. Really? Yeah, I just, he's a guy that... I think I had the least expectations for, you know, of those main three guys. And then he just looks so good at summer league, and that power forward position is so interesting that, you know, if he turns out to be a player, we were kind of talking about this earlier, Nikola Jokic last year, I don't even remember interviewing him at media day. Like, nobody talked to him. He he, He was just a guy that was there. This year, he's the star. He really is kind of the star of the team in a lot of ways. I wonder if Wancho can be another guy. Obviously, I don't want to put the expectation on him to be a star player, but it would be great if he was the pleasant surprise this year. And it was like, oh, there's our starting power forward of the future.
0: Right. Yeah. It's almost, you know, I think it's almost like Jamal Murray. We just we just take for granted and be like, you know, uh, he's a great shooter. He's the seventh <laughs> overall pick. He's going to be fine. He's going to yeah. be a big part of our future. And I think maybe Wancho. Everybody is keyed in on because he is more unknown, right? He's from he's from Spain. Nobody got to really see him play until until Summer League. But at the same time, Tim Connolly has kind of got this track record now of, hey, European prospects, he seems to be able to identify. You know,
1: I wouldn't even cool. say European prospects because, I mean, he got Gary Harris. That's true. right. He nailed that pick. So I think... That's kind of a cool thing that, that the Nuggets have going right now. Even next year, whatever the picks the, the Nuggets will, will have next year, I'm going to be excited because they've built up that credibility to where I think they're going to pick a, a, a solid player no matter where. Yeah, they really haven't
0: missed on one um, on a first round. Knock on wood.
1: Knock on yeah, wood. Yeah, right. <laughs> For a long time. Um, I'm going to go maybe the most headline-worthy event of, of today was probably the press conference with uh, Josh Kroenke, Tim Connolly, and Michael Malone. And the the interesting thing, there was a lot of interesting things in there, but I think the most interesting thing was somebody asked, who is going to be the star, or do you know who the starting point guard, or I'm sorry, starting power forward is going to be on the first day of training camp? And surprisingly, Malone said yes. I did. I mean, I expected him to give the coach answer, sure. all spots are up for grabs, but he said yes, I know. And then kind of smiled, and the guy said, well, are you going to tell us who? And he said no. And... That's really interesting because you would assume he does know who it is, and it's obvious, Kenneth Fareed. Right. He'd have, right. There's no reason to hide that. Exactly. But the way he said it made it sound like maybe there's a surprise maybe. coming. Right. What, what did you think when you saw that? Now, I thought the exact
0: same thing. I was, you know, if, if Fareed's your starting power forward, why don't you just come out and say, you know, Fareed's going to start, just like he ended the last, uh, last season as your starting power forward. But what's so interesting about it is so if Fareed's not the starting power forward, you know, we found out just a couple days ago, Darrell Arthur just had knee surgery and isn't gonna be ready to go, at least to start training camp. He might be ready for right. regular season, but, right. but who knows? So it's if he's say if it's not Kenneth Fareed, then either he's got a lot more confidence in Darrell Arthur's knee being a minor thing or man, maybe you know, maybe he's
1: got something that we're
0: not even thinking <laughs> of right now.
1: And I think here's where we want to be very careful. This is all speculation based right. on what was said and how it was said and not necessarily like a specific. But it was such an eye-popping moment, and not just for us, for everybody in the media. We were all talking about it. Um, that it did sound like there was something brewing there, at least uh, at least that it wasn't as certain as I think everybody thinks that Kenneth Freed would be the starting power forward. And then, as you said, Jarrell Arthur, obviously, with injuries. We'll get to him later. Obviously, I don't think he's going to start Juancho Hernan Gomez. That no. would be a, quite a shock to start a rookie over maybe the most popular player on the team. And the guy who got the most guaranteed money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right so it was a very interesting comment. It, he also dropped a couple of hints. I'm talking about Coach Malone here, that he hasn't given up on the jokic Nurkic right. combo. And not only has he not given up, but that he still has some curiosity did you, did you kind of feel the same way? Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I mean, he kind of – he mentioned it. He went out of his way because nobody asked him about that part. He went out of yeah. his way to mention it, you know, that they had experimented with those guys. Yeah. Um, and so I hope that's not just – and I, I don't think Coach Malone was the type of guy to do this, but I hope that's not caving to, you know, fan pressure because the fans obviously want to see that. I,
1: I highly doubt Malone knows anything about anything <laughs> fans <laughs> <Right>. are saying. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't Fair seem enough. like the guy that's that's – I'd love him for to read Denver Stiffs, but I don't think he's a guy that's like keeping up t- updates on right. his phone. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, maybe maybe not you, but I'm. Sure <laughs> he's got me on notification. No, right. um, so but yeah, I mean it's. So I mean, he's got to obviously want to do something with that lineup because why bring it up or not? And I, I know I think you and me both are on the same page. We're not big fans of of that pairing. Um, right. I know me, especially defensively, I, I, I don't like it, but. Um,
1: And on top of that, there's no third center. So now you're talking about who comes in and replaces those guys. There's a lot of question marks, so I'd be surprised if it was that. I'm going to chalk it up. I think a lot of what's said on media day is just kind of talk or or, you know, speculation or things that, oh, yeah, we're going to try this. You try it in training camp, it doesn't work, and you never hear from it again. So I'm going to chalk that up to a... I'll believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. still think Kenneth Freed is probably the starting power forward for the Nuggets on Game One and of preseason training camp, even the regular I, season. If but if Darrell it is interesting. Arthur is one
0: hundred percent, I would I would bet that it would be Darrell Arthur.
1: That's such an interesting thing. I mean, I would I would be on board with it. I think uh, I love Darrell Arthur. I'm a huge Darrell Arthur fan, um, and I and I really like him with that starting unit because I do think he stretches the floor and he helps right. defend. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll tell you, I think I'm more interested for training camp and for what happens this week, leading into the first preseason game next week, than I was say 12 hours ago. Yeah. Would you Would you say you?
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. I think, um, said coach. uh, To me, the whole power forward comment was just very illuminating, is because, like I said, if it wasn't going to be, if it was Farid, why would you just say that? So now, yeah, I think there's a huge, obviously a big position battle going on right there.
1: Our, our our friend, Matt Moore, at HP Basketball, writer for CBSSports.com, um, he asked a, an interesting question about the D-League, because this is a Nuggets team that could really use a D-League. I did a D-League podcast on my previous one with Chris Reichert. If you haven't checked that out, check it out. Lots of good insights about some of the guys at training camp. But the Nuggets don't have a D-League affiliate, and this is a year where... Juancho Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley probably would be getting minutes in the D-League just to stay fresh and to kind of grow as players. Them not having one hurts. Matt Moore asked Josh Kroenke point-blank, do you guys have something in the works? And he said Yes and then pressed on it a little bit more, it sounded like maybe they're a year away from adding a D-League team. That Not only have they been talking about it, but that's something that's in the works. Uh, Is that what you took away from that? Yeah, and I think um, to go hand-in-hand with that, this
0: uh, training camp in Omaha, I think that shouldn't be overlooked as well.
1: What an insight, Zach. (laughs) Wow, I didn't even think of it, but you're absolutely right. Uh, A D-League affiliate in Omaha... It, makes sense. It
0: may. I mean, it
1: doesn't make more sense than to me.
0: The ones that make the most sense would either be Colorado Springs. Um, you could play at the World. Uh, what do they call that? The World Arena. Uh, you could yeah. also play up in Loveland, Fort Collins area at the Budweiser right. Event Center. Those to me make the most sense. But it, going to Omaha, I mean Nebraska. I feel like there was a rumor at some point about them possibly doing a team in Nebraska, or right. there was. Maybe it was somebody from Omaha saying that they were talking with a couple D League teams or a couple NBA teams about being a D League. And so maybe this is that, that first hey, kind of step We don't
1: need facts to we, wildly speculate right. here. Right. This, is, this, this is a podcast. This, this is a pure speculation. Reputable. No, but I like I actually think there is something maybe something to that to just kind of gauge you know, if there were games in Omaha, and I don't and I don't believe there are any type of scrimmages or open open scrimmages right. or games or anything, but that would even be more telling, but Maybe you're right. Maybe there's a little bit of business on the side uh, being conducted here as well. I like that insight. Another thing that Josh was pressed on by our colleague Jeff Morton was the training facility. And Philadelphia had their media day on Friday and unveiled their new training facility to the public. And it looks amazing. Like like the greatest training facility in NBA history. Uh, He was pressed about that, and he was less – I would say that it sounds less urgent. I think his exact – he had a kind of a funny quote that I didn't I didn't transcribe, but Josh said something like I've talked to some people about some things. Yeah, some yeah. Things. I had
0: a few conversations with a few people. Yeah. Something yeah, like
1: it was that. something very vague, like <laughs> it basically sounded like either they've begun very preliminary discussions about that or they haven't even right. thought about it at all. Right. That's I'm gonna like, be a thing though, I think. And I I think it's a thing right now, but next year and the year after, that's gonna be a topic of discussion if the nuggets are looking to actually build a training facility and be a modern NBA team, you know, kind of catch up with the times.
0: Well, I think I, I think um, a lot of it's got to do with what, what the Kroenke family in general wants to do with their land right around Pepsi Center, you know. Right. You don't really have any space in the facility right now to expand to, a, you know, yeah. anything bigger than what they've got right now. So I think they'd, they'd have to either move it off-site somewhere, which maybe that's what they do. Or figure out what the heck they want to do with Elitches and then maybe move that somewhere else and start using that space, which could obviously be a few more years out. But I agree. I think I don't think Josh uh, was all all that um, adamant about it, or all that excited about at it at all. <laughs> yeah. I was, on a
1: scale of one to ten, it was like a one on terms of like urgency. And just like I don't want to talk about this right, right. now because we're not doing right. anything. Um, I will say I'm always reminded of Champ Bailey with the, We're going to do some some Broncos talk here on the podcast now. When Champ Bailey came to Denver, I remember uh, him talking about what a first-class organization the Broncos were, and he was right. coming from Washington, and things were, you know, facilities were old, and and it just wasn't run very well. And he's like, it's just such a difference seeing a first-class organization. I'll always remember that interview and the points he made in it. It was like his first week here in Denver, and I always think, with people, is Denver more of a Washington or more of a of a Broncos in terms of? You know, we're recruiting Dwayne Wade. Is he asking, well, what's your facility like? Right. Are you guys going to be going to Omaha for the for preseason? Because, I mean, that's you – Because know. the Heat are going to the Bahamas. That yeah, way better. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I do think – it's a weird thing to say, but I think it's going to be a big issue. You know, it's kind of happened quickly, but I think next summer, summer after – yeah, I think there's like a two year window. I will, we'll probably want to start seeing some plans for some kind of upgrade in that department.
0: Sure, and you kind of you almost have to. You, you got to get creative now, right? Because everybody always says in free agency, what's the number one thing? Money, right? Money talks. Everybody's got money right now, you know. Right. It's, so you've got to you've got to find another way to stand out from from the, the pack. And so far, the Nuggets haven't been able to do that. Right. So is it a new training facility? I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it, it can't hurt. I mean, when you're going to Omaha to, to have your your, your – training camp because you don't have the space in your your own facility i mean that that's a problem
1: and for the record i think that's only half of it i I don't think the nuggets can do a training camp in their practice facility but i think they probably could have found some place closer to denver i think there is a an aspect of like let's get away let's get away from families let's we're going to spend four or five days in intense practice where there's no distractions and what better place to have no distractions than omaha (laughs) (laughs) um I want to go real quickly. The last thing that Josh did, uh, he had a big surprise for everyone. Um, they're going to retire to Kembe Mutombo's jersey, Nuggets jersey, uh, on the home opener of this season. And to make it even if, – if that wasn't cool enough, which, by the way, I think that's really, really, really cool. I love to see the Nuggets embracing such a beloved player. I mean, when I think of, the, when I think of Nuggets of, of years past, I might think of Matumbo first, actually. I know I know there was better Nuggets. I know there was yeah. our players that had a big, better career, this or that. But the shot of him on the ground, the ups, the eight to one upset over Seattle—that was, okay. those are iconic moments. And I just think it's so cool that he will be, you know, his jersey will be hanging in the Raptors, and then they will be playing that game wearing the old Skyline Rainbow Skyline that's right, jersey. That's right. Um, that's awesome. We're, we're talking about man. It's been. It's been a long time. I
0: don't know what their aversion to wearing that jersey has been, but I can't you know, they they, they did a throwback a couple of years back to the baby ones. I think
1: it's rules though. Yeah. I think it's like I think the league has very strict rules about what jerseys can be worn. I've just heard people uh talk about you know, we we asked them if we could do this and they said two years. It's like a two huh. year two year plan you have to plan to, for any maybe type of jersey change. That's
0: what it is. Cause yeah, because they've worn the they've worn the navy ones, they've worn the the old Denver Rockets ones before, right. you know. But yeah, I haven't seen the the skylines since mm-hmm. since they wore them last when they were actually their jerseys. And they had
1: a a jersey there to kind of show what they'd be wearing. I thought that was really cool, yeah. kind of a shiny a shiny take on those jerseys. That's right. gonna, it's going to be sweet. I think uh, that's going to be a great night. Opening night is always exciting, especially if the Nuggets can come home one and zero, you know, sure. to start the sure. season for game number two, first one at home. But there's going to be some extra excitement with those jerseys and with just the Motumbo and kind of the emotional aspect of that. Who is the home game? Do you remember the first uh, home game? Portland. One? Portland's a divisional game. That'll be a fun one, too. Um, so that's really cool news. Let's talk about, there's two guys that we didn't interview today, and that was because they were not available to media or they did not make themselves available to, to media. That was Kenneth Fareed and Yusef Nurkic. Yep. Which I found that yeah, again, pure speculation, reckless, reckless speculation here. But I want, it was very strange that Fareed wasn't available right. to the media, seeing as how he's probably the most popular nugget on right. the team. Um, same with Yusef Nurkic, he was around. I saw him. And the same Fareed, I mean, I know
0: if you're following the the social media accounts, you know, they were having pictures of Fareed like on the rooftop of the Pepsi Center and stuff. So he was, I mean, he was there. Yeah. Uh, but for whatever reason, yeah, didn't want to.
1: Didn't, didn't, didn't want to come out. Do you read anything into that, or is that just, uh, you know?
0: Well, I mean, you know, its uh, I, I don't think uh, Kenneth is, is all that fond of the media to begin with. Um, I don't
1: know that. I mean, I want to come to his defense here and say that I don't know that to be true or not true. Um, he can be a very rough guy to talk to because he demands. he In a funny way, he demands excellence from the media. If you ask a dumb question, he's going to he let you know how you're, that you're an idiot. So, But yeah. I don't know if that means he hates media or if he just kind of likes messing with people. I don't know.
0: I mean, I, and, and also in fairness, and maybe he was just busy or something, and um, you know, we, yeah, could we have been got something. tired of waiting around for him. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, the Nurkic thing was interesting too, and I, you know, um, because Nurkic is a guy who who's really really present on on social media. He loves to show like that, off. Right? I thought exactly. he, he's thirty pounds lighter. I wanted exactly. I wanted to size him up.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that those guys couldn't make. You know. Uh, didn't make an appearance before we left. I mean, we sat in the gym, I think, for 30 minutes right. waiting, and there was just no update. So um, let's go on to guys that were there. Jameer Nelson, last year, I don't think I asked him this, but I was going to ask him what he thought of being a mentor to a rookie point guard. And he wasn't rude about it. He was very direct that he was not a mentor. He's here to play basketball. If anything, he's a mentor by example. And if Moutier wants to learn, he'll just watch him. But he's not going right. to you know, pull him aside. This year, he said the same things, only with a lot well, more emphasis <laughs> and maybe even some more colorful language. I mean, he said, I'm not a guidance counselor, right. which I thought was great. Right. Uh, what did you think of, of his interviews and his comments? Uh, a little, a little,
0: didn't didn't seem all that, uh, was the least excited, I guess it seemed, of anybody That's interesting. Um, out there. And, uh, you know, I had asked him, well, do you think that they had made a... a Uh, took a vote of confidence in you because they didn't re-sign dj and you know and he basically said no that's nothing to do it it's just business if they wanted dj here not me they would have just signed dj so i you know i think jameer's probably got to see the writing on the wall like hey they just drafted emmanuel moody last year now they got jamal murray coach has said non-stop throughout the summer that jamal murray can play point guard right um and, and, and Jameer, you know, I mean, he's he's a, a, a vet. He's, he's a proud guy. He wants to play and, and more power to him. So I think maybe it's just, this is probably not the ideal situation for an aging point guard to be playing on a young
1: and that's, non-playoff team. And that's the thing I would say with Jameer is, you know, I thought the speculation from the outside when he signed with Denver was, oh, well, he's here to be a mentor. He's here to kind of be right. that backup role. Clearly, that's not what he's interested in. So... You know, so you do wonder if if he's at a point now where he wants out. Again, this is pure speculation. I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't yeah. know if he wants to be here or not. But it might be if he really wants to play, and that's the most important thing. I wonder if Denver is going to be the best spot for him. Um, but at the the other side of that is, look, here's the thing: the Nuggets need Jameer Nelson. Yeah. They need him to play because they have a rookie, po- uh, second year point guard in Emmanuel Mudiay that we don't know if he's made a leap or not. He's a good point guard. I love him. I love his upside and everything else. But there were games where he was just awful last year. Absolutely. And It was like you know it's not your night. Yep. You got Jamal Murray, who I'm not sure is a point guard, right. and if even if he is, he's still a rookie point guard. You've got nobody behind them. Nobody. Nate right. Walters yeah. is a guy that's invent- is invited to camp, but he's what's the difference between him and Moutier in terms of experience? I
0: not think Moutier has more.
1: Right. Moutier probably has more. Which I mean, give give credit to Walters. He did start
0: some games for Milwaukee because of necessity. Um, when he was a rookie, right. Uh, but yeah, he's not. He's not a guy you want. If, if you're playing Nate Walters in your rotation, you're probably in a bad spot.
1: The Nuggets are on a five game losing streak, right? A Long losing streak that is just killing them, killing their record. And Moody is just in a shooting slump and a turnover slump. You want to have that Jameer Nelson. That's like you know what, guys. Jameer's coming in at the three minute mark. You know he's coming in three minutes into the game this time because he's going to help steady the ship. That's that's huge to have that in your back pocket. So, to me, that's an interesting thing. My my gut take from today seeing J- Jameer, um, and just like you said, he was the least enthusiastic person. I think that's there's no question about that. Right. Um, I think that that made me think. You know, I wonder if he's if he's wanting out as well. Again, pure speculation. Don't. I mean, yeah, take right. us all the grain of salt.
0: It's it's total speculation, but I can see. It. I mean, the guy, like I said, he's a veteran point guard. So if you're a veteran guard who still thinks you can play in the league. Why would you want to be on a team who says, you know what, no, you're not really going to get to play too much, and oh by the way, we're probably not winning a championship anytime soon. So, but if you want to be a guidance counselor, that right. would be great.
1: <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem he doesn't seem cool with that. Um, let's go on to Wancho. Uh, I love this dude, man. I like, I mean, I like his game. You know, he's still mm-hmm. he's a young pup. He's still going to take you know some years to get acclimated to before he's a real player. But I love his personality. That guy, he's like a Con- a permanent smiler, laugher, like, he's, yeah. you know, he laughs at your joke. He just, just seems like a really fun teammate to have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he also seems like a guy to me that, uh, you know, he's living his dream. He's 20 years old. He's in the NBA, and he's just getting ready for his first day of practice. He seemed – you talk about enthusiasm. Wancho might have won the enthusiasm <laughs> award. Yeah. Like, that guy just seems excited to be part of this. Yeah, no, uh, he's – um.
0: The excitement about Wancho, too, is he goes just beyond himself. I think everybody's excited, um, like we were saying before, about about, about Wancho and, and what he could be. Obviously, you know, you said yeah. Chuck Hayes. Um, what I thought was interesting about him, one question that was asked was that, you know, hey, you and your brother are now here in the league. Are you guys like the next Gasols? And he was very, very quick to point out that, that it's kind of ridiculous for anybody to expect that of The Hernan Gomez brothers right. because the Gasol brothers, you know, we when we think about the Gasol brothers, yeah, really good players, possibly even Hall of Famers. Um, but but for Wancho and, and for Spaniards, I mean, those are the best players to ever right. play the game in their country, you know, yeah. argu- arguably, right? So, I, I just thought it was really interesting, you know, that he, he said right off the bat, he said, you know, no one can ever be the Gasols, so I'm just trying to be. He's just trying to be
1: Wancho, which no. is cool. And Wancho, by the way, prefers Wancho. Like, yeah. I never know what to call him, Juan, because I've seen Juan in some, like, official guides, but he says right. he prefers Wancho. He, he tells everyone to call him Wancho, so. I wish,
0: if we could just get the, um, where, when we, when we post a story, you know, we, we go through and we, we tag everybody. Um, on it doesn't it was, tag Wancho. It, it tags Juan, but I it not tag Wancho. So.
1: That annoys me. What do you think about Zach Joe? Zach Joe? I, Zach Joe is that a good is that a good nickname or is that, I've, that doesn't quite <laughs> doesn't quite ring okay uh, Malik Beasley um, I thought it was really cool two tidbits that I thought were really cool the first was that he's been talking to Mike Miller a lot and yeah. he's picking his yeah. brain and that sounds like that's the guy Mike Miller's the opposite of Jameer Nelson Mike Miller's here to be a guidance counselor right. like he's he's getting like paid pretty heavily bounces the ball yeah, the and he knows what his job is but. He said that Mike Miller's been talking to him a lot. He's been picking his brain just about how to approach, which I think is really cool. Um, I'd love to see those guys. Mike Miller is like the guy that beats everyone in shooting drills at the end. When everybody starts doing three-point contests, he's always beating everyone. So I want to see Beasley you know, gunning for him and trying to get him at practice. The other cool thing I got was... They do uh, a race at Red Rocks. They go to run, run at Red Rocks a lot. Anybody that follows Steve Hess or, or any of the players that are up there a lot. But I guess on the first day that Beasley was here, they had a race with a bunch of players, and Beasley won. He beat everybody. He said he thought he was going to die at the end. But uh, he won. He won whatever kind of conditioning race that they had. So I thought that was cool. That would,
0: I mean, it's also impressive because uh, Beasley comes from Florida, right? Florida State. So yeah. to just come up here to the altitude and then run <laughs> Red Rocks, which is no, no yeah. uh, easy feat. Yeah, that'd be an impressive. One now, Wilson Chandler did say that he he didn't see any video
1: proving <laughs> this. So. That's true. I will say Gary Harris has said that he heard right. Malik that's what it was one, was Gary Harris, but right. but right. he doesn't. Yeah, he hasn't had any confirmation for anyone else. But I like I like Beasley. Watcho Beasley. Those guys are like. I mean, they seem like good teammates. I hope they stick with the Nuggets. I think they will, but he, they just seem like good dudes. So, Beastly mentioned that
0: too today. That how him, Murray, and Wancho really have bonded as as the rookies. Um, yeah, because you know they they get to do so many events together just because they're all rookies. Um, like they went, you know, they go to the rookie. What do they call rookie? Yeah, the rookie camp whatever camp, yeah. it is. Yeah, so.
1: Um, you know when when he was asked about it, he said yeah absolutely he's like those are my boys um, out to eat together they said right. they do they've been doing stuff hanging out that's cool let's let's go on to the third amigo of the three amigos uh, actually speaking of which that could the three if amigos. all three of them stick and get minutes man we'll have to call that lineup the three amigos lineup we could it's, Jamal it's J- been done by the Broncos but that's all right hey we <laughs> it has been long enough <laughs> right. I, we we can still do it um, let's go to the third amigo Jamal Murray. Uh, one of the last guys we interviewed again. He actually seemed the most relaxed I've seen him. Mm-hmm. He's a very formal guy. Um, not, a, I wouldn't say a serious guy, but just it seems like he's pretty formal with the media. Today he was laid back, relaxed, and joking around. I think he was in. Uh, I, I think he's getting more and more comfortable sure. j- just with the whole role. Still thinks he's a point guard.
0: Still thinks he's point. Well, they, like I said, his coach has been saying it all summer. So, um, which. <laughs> Here's my here's my issue with that. You, see, you know, Coach Maloney always says, you know, hey, if you watched if you watched um, Jamal Murray play in Kentucky, you think he's a shooting guard because they always played right. Tyler Eulis there. What he leaves out is that like the first three games of the season last they year, played they him, played yeah. Jamal Murray and it was terrible yeah. until they moved him off ball. But um, that but that's not to say that he can't play point guard and they're gonna need him to. I mean, I, the Jameer Nelson's gonna get dinged up at some point. And like I said, there's no unless they sign Nate Walters, there's really no other. Right. Um, no other backup for that spot.
1: I do actually expect him to play some point guard min- a, a lot of point guard minutes this yeah. year, even though I do think he's probably better shooting guard. Me too. Um, the one thing I do wonder about is how he and Moudier are going to fit on the court together. Um, Moutier talked about that those guys played together, actually, at the Nike Hoop Hoops Summit it, right. a couple years back. He was a year younger, but they still practiced and did stuff together. But, um, yeah, it would be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. This is going to be such an interesting week. It's a shame it's in Omaha, um, but it'll be such an interesting week just to hear what stories are coming out of it. I want to know which guys are standing out. I really think Jamal Murray and Emmanuel are such competitors that I'm really curious just to see what those internal battles are like, those internal scrimmages. Um, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for that. (laughs) Nikola Jokic had... uh, he was one of the first guys I interviewed, maybe the first, and it was funny because Jokic is such a joker, man. I mean, the joker, as much as we like Big Honey, yeah. he's a joker. I mean, yes, he's, yeah. he's a yeah, joker. Yeah, he's, he's a fun-loving guy. Uh, so we walk up to him, and, and he's kind of shooting. All the players you know, have little chairs for them to sit in, and we interview him there, and he's shooting around, almost just avoiding going to his chair. So I say, hey, you know, Nicola, come over here. you mind if we interview you? And he says, I'll tell you what. I'm going to shoot a three, and if I make it, you only get five minutes, and if I miss it, you get as long as you want to interview me. And, of course, he nails the shot. He steps back behind the three-point line and just nails it and then kind of laughs. But uh, he's a funny dude, man. And I feel similar to Emmanuel. I feel like Nicola has really come out of his shell. Yeah. Um, you know, he's such a quiet guy last year, and this year he's kind of... You know he's talking to people directly and, and kind of joking around and and he just seems like he's at a really good place mentally coming into training camp,
0: which is which is good for good for Jokic because I honestly think he's going to have a tough year uh, a tougher year ahead of him and so yeah he needs to have that good I'm glad he's got a good mental state now because I honestly I mean listen I mean the guy has a, and, and coach um, coach mentioned this in the press conference they might not have him practice every day. Because uh, starting in training camp, because Jokic hasn't stopped playing basketball since, like, summer right. league two years ago, you know?
1: He could hit a wall. You're right. I mean, he hasn't really had a great offseason in terms of running.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah not at all. When, because with the season ended, he went and played in the Olympic qualifiers, um, got through that, and then went to the Olympics, made it all the way out to the gold medal game, and then that was over, and what, a couple weeks later, now he's here at training camp. So Then add on to that that now he's, he's not a rookie. The, the league's got a whole year worth of film on him. Um, yeah. to look at it's 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 good like i said it's good to see him in good spirits because i think he, he might get off to a rocky start
1: he's gonna kill it well get out of here Zach. Go, he's, go. he's all started making an all-star game starter uh i did ask him about that video of him in his hometown of somber uh serbia and you yeah, know he was happy to talk about it i think that was a big moment for him and one of the cool things he said was when i uh when i'm done playing i'm gonna go back to Sombra. that's where i'll be uh there's nowhere else he wants to be except for his hometown so um kind of a just just kind of a cool thing you could see what a big deal it was to him and he was very happy and eager to talk about it and then he said it motivated him he wants to win even more medals for, <laughs> for serbia so really cool to see him uh gallo gallo i thought had the best all-around interview to today because everything he said was kind of cracking me up or or was really insightful right they asked him about Juancho Hernangomez uh, and what he thought of his game and his skill set. And he said he had never seen him play; he has no <laughs> idea. Which makes me think he didn't watch Summer League. He didn't. Yeah. W- he like had no interest.
0: Not yeah. even the highlights of Summer League. Though you know he might have been um, he might have been playing in the qualifiers for Italy at that time. going I think about it, it was right around that same. You're making excuses. They, for him, yeah, but- <laughs> I, well, I, I was taken aback by it too. I was like, really. Never, I mean, he is your teammate, like don't yeah. you, know you think? But you know, I mean, Gallo's Gallow's probably worried about Gallo, and I think he's, um, you know, he's he's got plenty to focus on. I mean, I asked him if he if he feels any pressure um, because he's he's clearly the leading scorer for the team, and that does he feel any pressure to have to carry this team in, in in bad times? And he said, absolutely. He said that's that's what I'm supposed to do as the leader of this team. So, you know, maybe he's just a little too busy to pay attention to
1: rookies. I imagine Gallo's life is pretty great. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, like a lot of the times I'm checking Twitter or something, it's out of Borden, and I'm guessing he doesn't have too much boredom no. in his life. No, he's, <laughs> like he's having a good time. Uh, he's excited to go to Omaha. He, well, <laughs> yeah, right. Wasn't it wasn't because he's never been never been to
0: Omaha? He's so always excited he's to go excited. any place I've never been,
1: and I've never been to Nebraska. So Gallo, well, I get back to us, right? No, I say
0: no offense to our Nebraska listeners, but. I'm yeah, guessing he might not be so excited next year. I
1: time. vowed years ago to never set foot in Nebraska again because I had been there so many times. Th- there was always basketball tournaments mm-hmm. and different things there. But, uh, no, I tease I te- I te- I te- Omaha. It's a. It's a. It's It's an okay city. Um, Emmanuel Moutier, what do you think? Uh, uh, you got to interview him a little bit. What did you think?
0: Yeah, like you said, I mean, Moutier, seemed, he seems a lot more laid back. Um what also was really interesting was he—he he was very vocal about embracing the idea that even only he's what now twenty years old, right. that now that he has to be a leader of the team, you know. And he said, he said it doesn't really matter, something like this, that it didn't matter how old he was because he plays the position of point guard, and he said, you know, you right. have to be a leader. It's just the way it is. Um, so that—that's encouraging to see. And and what I wonder though, because I think I think Emmanuel probably felt that way last year as well. I wonder, though, now is he more prepared to deal with that pressure of being a leader on a team? Because I I honestly think last year he struggled um, to begin with just
1: because of all the pressure that was being thrown on him. I think so, too. I think the pressure definitely got to. I don't know if you remember there was a game in November or December where him and Malone kind of had a dust up on the bench and kind of yelled at each other. Uh, I think you're right. I think that's exactly a good way to put it. He was the best player everywhere he's gone for a long time. The NBA is obviously the top level and he's a rookie and he struggled and I think the pressure both that he put on himself and that he was feeling uh probably got to him a little bit and you're absolutely right the number one thing with Moutier this might not translate in articles it might not translate even on the on film he's just much more comfortable being himself yeah. And I asked him about that today. I said, "You know, you seem more vocal and more comfortable just socially." And and he kind of smiled and lit up and he said, "Yeah. I said, "By nature, I'm a quiet guy. I keep to myself. Like it takes a lot to break into my trust, my circle of trust, so to speak." Um, he said, "And last year there was a lot of like work at dealing with that, but he's but he just seems so much more outgoing and comfortable and just not shy." Yeah, Um, yeah. and I think that's going to be such a big thing. We always talk about these things in terms of what a player needs to work on. Sometimes just growing up, (laughs) I mean, really adds a lot. Yeah, it's easy to forget that these guys. I mean, they're they're for all intents and
0: purposes still really kids. Um, Yeah, and that that now they're you know you need to go out and lead men. It's it's not it's not so easy. I couldn't have done it when I was nineteen, right? No doubt. Especially men who are millionaires and you know all usually have fairly large egos so yeah uh, but it's good like I say it's good that he's got a more i think it was a more laid-back feeling it is going to help him this season
1: what about gary harris uh had a pretty nice chat with him what did you take away from from seeing G- garris and then just from talking to him
0: <sighs> the first thing i always take away from gary anytime see seen him is that that guy has to have like a body fat percentage of like 0.1 yeah, he's something. an athlete I mean, like, there's <laughs> he's nothing, in great shape yeah he is in amazing shape um Gary, same thing. Uh, the leadership was a question that I asked him. About. I said, "You know, Gary, now you're in your third third year. Um, you, you had a breakout, really your breakout season last year. Now, now you've got all these guys, three young rookies, and everybody who's younger than you. Um, are you ready to be a leader?" And he and he said, "Yeah, absolutely." He said, "I embrace that, um, and that and that, that's that he recognizes that you know even though he again, what is he, 22? Yeah. You know, but again, he's he's actually one of the it is the
1: older players. He on the might team. be in the older half, as, as absurd as that is. I mean, Durrell, Kenneth Reed, Gallo, Will Barton, Wilson Chandler, Mike Miller, Jameer. That's seven. So he's he's like he's right like right there. in the middle. Right. I would say right. That's so bizarre to think. But he's also the starter, right? So I mean, he's the starter, it's... and it's his third season. Which a lot of these guys, even oh. for Will Barton, he has probably as many career minutes as Will Barton, right. so or if right. not more. Um, yeah, it's good to see Garris. I'm. He's another guy I'm fascinated by um, just to see how he improves this year individually, if at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I expect it, but I th- but it'll be really fascinating to watch and to see if he starts to get some recognition. Um, Will Barton, really funny talking to him. Will Barton's such a personality, man. He's like 100% genuine <laughs> himself. And When I asked him, I said, uh, last year you played more minutes than any year in your career, what, what kind of things physically have you noticed? Uh, is there a physical difference to putting that much mileage on in a season to hit a wall or anything like that? And he said, I learned I have to start going out less, <laughs> which I thought was such an honest and like just open option. He said, I got to start going to bed earlier. And he said, that's what he learned, meaning he'd already made these adjustments. But he said, there was a point where he realized, like, man, if I'm playing 25 minutes a game, I got to go to bed, at, you know, I got to be in bed at a certain time. I got to. I thought that was so funny. Such a classic, Will Barton too. Absolutely. You know, the
0: um, interesting thing that I got from Will Barton was um, you know, he was saying, "Hey, I keep looking. I want to take my my game to the next level." So I just asked him. I said, "Well, Will, you were basically a six man of the year candidate last year, and you were a six man of the year candidate last year. So is for you is that next level becoming a starter?" And he, and he didn't shy away from it. He said, "Absolutely, that he wants to be a starter in the NBA, and that he thinks he's capable, and that's and then that's what his goal is, he's striving for." Now, I mean, he did give you the. The typical you know good teammate answer, I'm gonna do whatever coach asks for me, and I think you know obviously you know with Gary Harris it, it might not happen or it's gonna be hard to happen here in Denver, but I thought that was interesting that that, that he he one hundred percent wants to be a starter in this league and and you know maybe it's it could have become an issue sometime down the road because looks, I mean Gary Harris isn't going anywhere,
1: yeah, so I don't know that it'll be an issue I think he's happy being a six man I think it or I think he will be happy enough being a six man and that role fits him so well um so i I mean, I think every player wants to be a starter. Sure. <laughs> I think even managing nobly if you asked him wanted to be a starter, it was a big sacrifice for him to be a six man so uh i don't I don't really see that being an issue, but it's certainly a funny answer for him to give an interesting and insightful answer it is to his psyche um let's uh just two more players here. we have Wilson Chandler, man, it was great to see Wilson back. It was. i mean it, it, as he's been around and stuff. Like I've seen him in the locker room and stuff, but just seeing him back in uniform, man, it's just, uh, it's just great. I asked him about the rehab. He said the mental part was a lot more phys- a lot more difficult than the physical part, and that even times last year he'd have to shut off the TV just because it's so frustrating watching the team you're yeah. on and not playing. Uh, what did you take away from him? Um, it's just a lot of the
0: same. Really, really good to see him that he's back. Um, he said, you know, he had, he felt 100% and that there was nothing, nothing, no worries about holding him back. He, he kind of went into a little detail about, about the surgery. Um, and he, I guess, you know, when you think of somebody getting something scoped, you always think of the knee. Um, but he said it was kind of similar to that, uh, where he got it, it scoped. It wasn't like he had a full tear. Mm. Um, so it, for by all accounts, it sounds like he's healthy, which is awesome because it, what people probably don't remember is. Before he got injured at the preseason last year, like, he looked really, really good. Yeah. So, if if he's back to that level, I mean, it's it's like adding a a major free agent for the Nuggets.
1: Yeah, we'll see what they do, if they give him a minutes restriction or anything like that out of the gate. Uh, The other thing I thought was interesting, I asked him 1 out of 10, on a scale of 1 to 10, how how excited is he, how anxious is he to get back? He said 10. I mean, like... Immediately just started laughing. Like, you could tell it's been eating at him, sure. not playing. So, um, Gallo mentioned him, too, in his interview, just saying that they've been together eight years but have hardly played together. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, hopefully this is the year we really see them uh, put it together and, and play together because I think their games match, you know, complement each other so well. Absolutely. Switching was a, was actually a big – Malone, going back to Malone's press conference, the ability to switch was a – was a big topic of conversation right, and with basketball. positionless basketball and, and I think just the size uh, you even heard Malone talk about it the size of Gary Harris Wilson Chandler Gallo and Moutier, I think they're I think they're thinking that might be something in the in, in the future for this team
0: certainly I mean it would would lend itself to excellent perimeter defense um, with those guys you would hope you would you would think right and then you would think if you if you could plant Nurkic. Um, in there somewhere, maybe down low, that that would be your your go to lockdown defensive lineup. Uh, maybe Darrell Arthur. I don't know, but
1: yeah. Well, speaking of Durrell, he's our last guy here that we got to talk to today. Um, injury sounded a little bit more serious than yeah. I thought. Yeah, no, I mean he was. It's kind of funny. He was he was like trying to diagram it out on
0: his knee yeah. while we're talking. To <laughs> Darrell's him. a great
1: interview man. That dude. Even last year, I remember. I think he said something like, "I asked him about home attendance, and he said." This was the damn best arena in all the NBA, or something like just, just you know, real like. There's no filter, That's you know, great. and now it great. sucks or whatever. So. Um, he's a good guy, but yeah, like you were saying, he was kind of showing, like, pointing to his knee and showing you where the... He said there was a marble-sized... Yeah, exactly. ...he's taken out of his knee, or moved, or... And I was just like, man, that exactly. doesn't sound like a small yeah, he, thing. Yeah, he
0: almost made it sound like like he just woke up one day, and then suddenly there was this marble-sized <laughs>
1: growth on his knee or something, so... Uh... But he said it wasn't anything serious, and honestly, Darrell's a guy that I would be shocked if he didn't make the quickest recovery possible. Like, I don't yeah, think he's a guy yeah, that's gonna be, oh, this lasted three months longer, but um, it's something to monitor because that will be a storyline, and obviously if the power forward position is up for grabs, you know, we want to see him there competing. And even if it's not, he makes that bench unit significantly better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. At least I guess on the bright side of, of that injury, it wasn't like last year when it was uh surprise Yusuf Nurkic won't be ready for the beginning of the season. <laughs> right. Nobody was saying that about Arthur today. Everybody seemed to still think that he will be um he'll be full go at some point during training camp preseason. So
1: Right. And the other interesting thing from Durrell was that he said the Wizards and Spurs both had contacted him and were interested. And he said I probably could have gotten more money to leave, but he he stayed here. Now I think a lot of players say that when they're free agents. Oh, I could have done that. I could have done that. But, you know, Darrell did not seem like that guy that needs to pump up his, you know, his ego or anything like that. So, I mean, I, I think I think it's probably legit that there were teams. I, I almost took it for granted that he would be coming back to Denver. Right. But it sounds like there were, you know, there was at least a little bit of thought about leaving the Nuggets right. and he chose. And that, the Wizards, I get you, know,
0: whatever. The Wizards are <laughs> not going anywhere fast. Um. Darrell's the a Spurs, Spurs guy. No. Yeah, Darrell's I mean, the Spurs like, guy, man. That
1: dude just does his job and does it well. Right,
0: he right. fit that, that team so well. That's a team who should. I and mean, obviously, the Western Conference is going to be tough to get over Golden State, no matter who you are. But if there's one team, you'd think the Spurs would be probably have one of, if not the best, chance to beat the, the Warriors. So to walk away from that. To come come back to play for the Nuggets, I mean, it speaks volumes about how he feels about the team. I'm
1: 100 percent in Darrell Arthur's corner. I, I just yeah, like, no, me too. like he went wherever he went. I would he's the guy that I would actually watch and tune in and be like, is he getting minutes? How's he doing? Is he playing? I just I just like that dude. He's easy to root for. All right, top five storylines for this first week of, of training camp. Well, give me give me give me one of five storylines that you're going to be interested to to look for. Um. God, well, I mean, there's so much going on with the power forward position now. Uh, well, was... that, that that would be number one. It's just right. What is the power forward spot looking like? And, and I guess we'll say for the next week because the Nuggets do have a home game or uh, have a preseason game a week from today. So we'll include that. I'm interested to see who starts at power forward in game one and just what the right. chatter is about that power forward. I position. think the other uh, another big thing is is looking at the three rookies and
0: do they get any time? I mean, especially. You know, I think if if Beasley doesn't get any time to start the season, maybe even the whole season, probably not too surprising. Um, even Wancho, but really Murray, how does he fit? Because we keep the, the, the whole point guard shooting guard debate thing has gone on. You've got a bigger need at point guard behind Mudiay than you do at shooting guard behind Harris, right? You got Will Barton. Um, so how does he fit in the rotation? How does the coach use him? I think that's that's got to be a big storyline
1: as well. For sure, for sure. I think that'll be an interesting one. I mean, Jamal Murray in general will just be an interesting story this yeah. year. It's also interesting to me that Jamal Murray, he gets national recognition. You know, sometimes you talk about the Nuggets or this or that, and it it, it doesn't really it doesn't really make it to the national scene. But Jamal Murray is a guy that on on steps. We get people Kentucky fans asking mm-hmm. us, "Hey, right. how's he doing? What's the yep. story?" So. He's a guy that I think has star power just in all the non-basketball stuff. I mean, I think he has star power as a basketball player, too, but people are just kind of drawn to him uh, as a talent.
0: Playing, I mean, playing for Kentucky helps.
1: <laughs> yeah, playing for Kentucky does certainly does help. Uh, I'm interested to see uh, Yusef Nurkic. and We saw clips of him playing with Bosnia. Some people watched the video on YouTube. I want to see if he really has made improvements Physically, mentally, and just sure. from a, a, a physical standpoint, as a basketball skill standpoint, I'm really curious to see how this first week goes because he's a guy that I think is all about momentum and emotional momentum. And if he has a really positive start to the year, I think he can get off. Yeah, he, he could have a good year. So yeah. I'm curious to see what what the chatter is about him.
0: It'll be interesting. I mean, so we've all heard the you know the the social media campaign. Um, that's been going on about Nurkic being in better shape, and right. you know, and he's he's supposedly he, working he, all the time. And and you know, every picture I see him, he looks he looks straight. Yeah, he looks so, good. He looks know. good.
1: And he was he was the thirty pound. You know, every, everybody loses thirty pounds. Right. In the house. he was right. he lost thirty pounds by like June. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. But I think uh, what again, it, like kind of you're saying with Nurkic, what I really want to see, especially in the preseason and even in the early season, is can he finish around the basket because. This is, I got a, I got a Yusuf Nurkic article um, as we're going through our player ranking series. It should be up probably tomorrow, um, and I'll, I'll go into this. But he, when you compare his his field goal percentage at the basket in comparison to any other centers, I mean, he's like a... Good, yeah, like at least 10% less than yeah. everybody else. So has he figured out? Because I think a lot of times with Nurkic, it's just he rushes it too yeah. much. So if, if he calmed down? Has he worked on his technique? Is he better in the post? Because that's... They need that from him. They need him to be able... I mean, he's great on defense, but they need him to be able to contribute on offense as
1: well. Yeah. He's going to be very fascinating. I've been really hard on Nurkic. There's a big... Nurkic fans are a real thing, and they attack yes. you if you ever critique him. It's kind of hilarious. They attack each other sometimes. Yeah, sometimes sometime they attack out. each other and then it's just. <laughs> Uh But I'm just curious to see. I'm rooting for him. I want, yeah, I mean, I want him to do well because I think having two great centers is going to be an incredible thing if it works out. So he'll, I'll have my eye on him for sure. Wilson Chandler would probably be another storyline for me. I mean, I've been waiting a year to see him play with this group, so I'm very curious to see how his first week goes. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it's like
0: I said, he looked amazing in last season, uh, in preseason, so I want to see, is he still there? Is he maybe a little more of what we normally would expect from Wilson Chandler? Is he significantly worse? I don't think he will be, but... It's it's a big question because yeah nobody's seen him play for for a year so right. it's it's something that's got to be answered. Another, I mean, I don't know it, the fifteenth spot on the roster is also obviously something to to watch for.
1: Maybe it doesn't is matter. Is it bad but, that I don't care about yeah, this? This is, stuff. This is <laughs> like a storyline <laughs> I just can't get into, man. Like, I mean, it's more interesting who they take from just a position. Position, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. like if they go with a point guard, then I would assume Jameer Nelson's gone. Right, like I would just right. say, all right, that means he's done. But if yeah, I mean, I don't know where they're gonna go with it. They go with like Stokes to go with the. That would be forward. the most Stokes, as weird as it is, because he's uh, by all accounts a great player, a great dude. He would be the most surprising to me, just because. Uh, I mean, they got Kenneth Reed, they got Darrell Arthur, they got Juancho Hernan Gomez. I just don't know where he fits into that. He's taking minutes from somebody if he right. plays there. So the same same deal with
0: uh, even though with with the, the holdovers uh, Samson and Tupont. You know when you think okay well now Gallo's back, Chandler's back, Will Barton can play the small forward. You still got Mike Miller there as well. So you know where did where did those guys fit in? And maybe maybe the fifteenth guy doesn't really need to fit in into the rotation anywhere.
1: But yeah, it's like I think you're right. It's the position I think matters more than the player. Yeah, you know, for sure. With. Well, that's about that'll about wrap it up. Anything else? Any other big takeaways? Nope, just excited, man. Let's get it going. Nuggets basketball is here. DenverStiffs dot com. We've had our big meeting. We're launching this week. Everything is going back to in season, mid season form. So we're we're coming out of hibernation. Even though we've been covering the summer, obviously it's uh like I said, it feels like the first day of school, and I'm excited to get back. I know you're excited to get back. Absolutely. The team's excited to be back and riding. So. Check us out on the web. Check out our media stream and. Uh, so, well, one thing.
0: So, one thing to add to that too. Um, if if you didn't notice it and, and during our media day, if you didn't get a chance to check it out over on Facebook, what we're doing now is we're we're working with a, a feature called Facebook Live quite a bit more. It gives us an opportunity to do some live video broadcasts. So, for media day, we had you know we had the press conference, we had all of our interviews with the different players. That's not a one off thing. You'll be seeing that content throughout the season. Um, so make sure to check out our page, like us on Facebook, and uh yeah. stop on
1: check us out on Instagram as, as well at the Denver Stiffs.com or at the Denver Stiffs. We're gonna have a lot of cool stuff going up on there as well. So everybody, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and we'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at Denverstiffs.com.
0: Have you heard?